Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It is good to be back with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be back on the program with you and with Dennis Stackhouse and our listening audience. Yes, Dennis, good to be back with you again, brother. Well, thank you, Gary. Once again, it's always a pleasure to be with you and to be with Dwayne and to have those listening to the program where we're really trying to get in more depth in God's Word. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly what we try to do in this program, just as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We really try to get beneath the surface look at what the Bible teaches in an in-depth fashion, and yet, as we've said many times, try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our lives today. And we want to be plain and straightforward from the Bible, not confusing anything that we talk about with other teachings that conflict with what the Bible teaches. We do search the Scriptures and only that. That's right. We're not teaching our opinions uh, and we're not teaching, uh, you know, some doctrine that uh, Sunny Slope Church of Christ devised and came up with. The only doctrine we have is what the Bible teaches. That's it. And that's good, Gary. We invite our listeners, in fact, to search the Scriptures with us and to make sure that those things we are bringing forth are actually from God's Word. And again, not something we're making up. Yes, yes. And, uh, and as always, our listeners can have a copy of this program absolutely free on CD just for the asking. And we'll give that information as to how to ask for that at the end of the program today. Well, guys, we are continuing in a study that I believe is really pertinent to everybody in every generation. We're asking that question, are you struggling inside? And let's begin by going back to our basic text, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Dwayne, how about reading that for us? We know that the law is spiritual, 
and I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, that one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, Dwayne, we noted as we introduced this particular study, and again, I believe this is something that every one of us can relate to. I, I think it's something that every one of us really needs to stop and give cons- serious thought about because we're talking about the war that we're waging with the devil. And whether we realize that there's a conflict going on or not, he does. He, he's active. You know, he is an enemy that does not sleep, basically. Now, we began by, by noting that the devil has always waged war on the followers of God, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. There, when there was just one man and one woman, the devil was on the scene, wasn't he? That's right. And he was active in trying to lead that first man and that woman into sin, and he succeeded. He did. As a result, all of humanity has lived with the consequence of sin ever since. Right, Dennis? Yeah, that's exactly right, Gary. Now, that consequence is spiritual death. Now, we can see the physical death. that We know we die physically because of the reality of sin. That's, that's one consequence we can see right up front. And God warned the first man and woman in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, don't touch that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And after they partook of that forbidden fruit, as it's often called, then he removed them from the garden. And when he did that, he removed them from access to the tree of life. Now, the automatic result of that was physical death would eventually come to them. Right. Spiritual death, though, is far more serious. And in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Apostle Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death. We can read other passages where it talks about our being separated from God as a result of our sin. And that's, that's serious, serious consequence of, of entering into sin. And at the same time, 
we know that all sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. We could also go back to Romans chapter 3 and verses 8 through 12, and it really says it over and over and over again in that chapter, that sin is reality in our lives, in, in, in the conscience of mankind. And the culprit behind all of that, of course, is the devil. That's right. But now can we blame the devil for our choosing to sin? We can't do that, Gary. Uh, I know we've said, if not in this program, certainly in another program, that we are individually responsible for how we respond in this life. Uh, We can go back to the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 18, verse 20, clearly indicates that the soul that sins will die. And Ezekiel goes into rather elaborate detail in that particular passage talking about the fact that the sins of the father are not going to be imputed to the son and vice versa, that the soul that sins will die. The soul that sins will die. We make our choices. Eve made her choice. Adam made his choice. And each of us makes our choice to follow the devil uh, and enter into sin. Now, we don't consciously think about, yeah, I'm going to follow the devil. I don't believe at least not most of us. (laughs) The vast, vast majority do not. But that is the reality. When we enter into sin, we're following the devil's lead. Now, Dwayne, Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 that he is our adversary, right? That's right. Our enemy. Seeking to devour us. Yes. Looking for who he can destroy. That's right. And so he he is about our spiritual destruction. Now, in this text we just read again, in in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, Paul puts this struggle between us, or this conflict, this battle, this war, whatever you want to call it, however it it best relates to you, and we need to to relate to it in a serious way. He, He says we're in this struggle, and it's within us. The devil cannot beat us from the outside, but he if he can get into our lives, then he can win. That's right, Gary. And I, I really think it's important for us to stop and realize who is authoring this particular passage. I mean, as you indicated, we're talking about the Apostle Paul. And probably for many of us, I would suspect we would see Paul as some kind of a super saint, an individual who never made a mistake, an individual who was completely dedicated totally and completely throughout life to God, to His ways, to His purposes. And in a sense, that's true. Paul did experience that very dedication, that commitment. And yet, even Paul himself says, I have this struggle within me. I face the same things that every one of you do who are reading this letter at this particular time or at some time in the future. You bring up a very good point, Dennis. Uh, Paul, uh, as great a man, great a scholar, great a leader as he was, was also greatly humble. Yes. And um, did express in a way that we can understand his struggle with sin, and it helps us not only to identify with him, but to also overcome our sins. It was this same apostle who wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 that God 
also makes a way of escape. And so Paul is not giving in to sin or saying that he has lost in this struggle as he ends in verse 25. And we will talk about this. Thanks be to God who provides us a way of escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's simply trying to express the, the reality, maybe we could even read frustration in there at times, because, you know, in, in, verse, in verse 14, he identifies himself as being carnal. Now, uh, sold under sin, he says. Well, that, I think he's simply talking about the fleshly life there, the right. life we live mm-hmm. in the flesh. Yes. Um, but he goes on and says in verse 15, what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, now, in other words, what I want to do, what I really would uh, strive to do, that what is really my will, he says, I don't do that. Don't practice that. Mm-hmm. But what I hate, what I don't want to do, what I, what I really like to make up my mind not to do and stand emphatic against, I end up doing that. And I think that's a situation, if we, as we've mentioned already, Gary, that the intellectual side of Paul knew what was right He knew what he wanted to do, and yet the carnal side that he speaks of in the verse previously took over at that point. We have that fleshly side of us that if we don't govern that with the spiritual side of us, it will uh, be our destruction, won't it? It will for a fact. And uh, I think it speaks well to a passage we've looked at several times before in James uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. The writer tells us we need to resist the devil. He will flee from us. We need to draw near to God, and he, God, will draw near to us. And I think the sense is there that, at least I think a sense that we can pick up from that is, we most effectively resist the devil by drawing near to God. Absolutely. We cannot resist the devil without drawing near to God. That's right. And, and as we've tried to illustrate it, the two of them cannot remain in the same space in a person's life. Not at all. If I then do what I will not to do, I agree with the law, it is sin, verse 16. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now, Paul, again, is not trying to cop out on this right. <laughs> and say, hey, well, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was someone else, you know. Uh, and, and we've talked about this, how at times we, we probably look at what we're doing and say, why did I do that again? Mm-hmm. Why did I get into that same predicament I was in before? And I know it was destructive to me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be there in my life. And yet we find ourselves slipping back into that. And, and that's, that's that carnal side of us that the devil appeals to. Mm-hmm. Now, the carnal side can be governed and guided and directed by the spiritual side of us, which is our true essence. We're created in the image of God. That's the spiritual side of us. Yes. In, in fact, let's keep our, our finger there. And, and let's, let's look down at chapter 8 there in Romans, just the next chapter. And uh, what does it say in verse 1, Dennis? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, in other words, their lives are directed, those, those for whom there is no condemnation, they are in Christ. Yes, that's correct. And they're also walking according to the Spirit. Now, both of those would actually be synonymous descriptions of that individual. Yes, they would be. At least they should be. <laughs> correct. Now, we come into Christ, and, and again, the Bible being its own best commentary, if we went back to chapter 6 in this, in this Romans letter, uh, Paul tells the Romans there, doesn't he, Duane, in chapter 6 and verse 3, that it is at baptism that we come into Christ, right? That's right. It is in baptism that we come in contact with that forgiving blood that washes away our sins. We are baptized into his death, burial, and resurrection. And that, right, correct. And actually into him, it says. That's right. Baptized mm-hmm. into Christ. And so that is the transition point from one life or one state of existence focused on the flesh to another state of existence or life focused on the spirit or the spiritual side of us. And, and that's the contrast that Paul is painting here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but they've left that life, they've transitioned, they've come into Christ. Now their life is focused on the spiritual side. They are walking according to the Spirit. Now how do we walk according to the Spirit? We do the things of the Spirit. It calls for some activity on our part. And just as Satan is relentless in pursuing us to commit sin, we have to remain relentless and continuous in doing the things of God. But now how do we know what that is, Dwayne? Uh, you know, how, how do we come to understand? Because this is where a lot of people find themselves, you know, in something of a perplexing situation. And maybe that's something of what would relate to what we read back in chapter 7, where Paul says, I'm in this strait here between two <laughs> two realities. You know, I want to do the one thing, but I end up doing something else. Uh, so how do people know how to walk by the Spirit? Is, is it just the Spirit kind of overcomes them, uh, directs them, speaks to them, moves them, mis- mis- you know, mysteriously or what? It begins and continues as we abide in the Word of God, Gary. The Word of God. That's the key, isn't it? That's right. In fact, Peter put it just that way, what he said, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. Is that First, first Peter chapter 1 or Second Peter chapter 1? Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1 and, and uh, verses 20 and 21, is that right? Yes, that's right, Gary. Verses 20 and 21. Now, so when we read God's Word, we're reading his word that was written by human agents, but those human agents were guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. Yes, that's exactly the case. So when we're living by those teachings of God's word, we're walking by the Spirit. We're walking in the Spirit, in a sense. That's right. So we're not talking about something mystical, mysterious, we're not talking about something necessarily supernatural. We're talking about something anybody can do if they'll read God's Word, understand it, and apply it to their lives properly. They can walk in the Spirit or by the Spirit. Yes, that's correct. All right. 
So this is something that is, is available, and that's really what I'm trying to get to. This is something that is available to everybody, and we need to recognize that. So here's, we come back to Romans chapter 7 and verses 14 through 25 again. Now here's, here's this perplexing situation, all right? We can know what is right to do. We can read God's Word, and we can say, and I believe you referred to it as, as intellectually earlier, Dennis. Yes. We can know, oh, yep, that's what I want to do. Oh, mm-hmm. that, I want to stay away from that. Don't mm-hmm. want to get involved in that kind of, you know, action or activity. But then we end up doing exactly the opposite of what we know intellectually that we want to do. Yes, that's, that's unfortunate, Gary, but in many cases that's exactly what happens. Now, when we do that when we do the opposite of what we know that we should be doing, we're not walking by the Spirit, are we, Dwayne? No. We're walking according to the flesh. According to the flesh. Okay. So really, it's something that people ought to be able to understand on a pretty basic level. We're not talking about anything, uh, you know, super sainthood here or, or, as I said, you know, not necessarily supernatural. We're talking about simply following God's Word faithfully or not following God's word faithfully. That's right, Gary. It's a choice that we make on a daily basis, even hourly, whether we are going to live for the flesh or live by the Spirit. When we follow God's word faithfully, we're, as Paul put it there in the next chapter, chapter 8 and verse verse 1, we're walking according to the Spirit. That's right. When we do not follow God's word faithfully, we're walking according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. We're living our lives according to the flesh. Okay. So we ought to be able to understand that. And, and again, that's pretty basic. And I, I, I believe that when we get things down to an elementary level, you know, where even I can understand it, <laughs> then most everybody ought to be able to understand it. So this, this is a struggle that every one of us faces. Now, some people are very careless. In fact, I would suggest to you that probably almost, well, I shouldn't say almost everybody, but a huge majority of people are very careless about their education in God's Word. Just don't read the Bible much, do they? Not only that, Gary, but have substituted the Bible for other things that don't help us to live for the Spirit either. That's right. That's right. Get caught up in all kinds of other things that actually serve to lead us into that fleshly life. That's right. Now, there's a reason the Apostle Paul, the same author as, as wrote, or the same writer as wrote the Romans letter, when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, said to be diligent. The King James Version actually renders it study there. But either way, we get the same sense. That's right. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's right. That, that last phrase, Gary, rightly dividing the word of truth, may sound a little foreign to our listeners. And uh, another translation I'm familiar with renders that accurately handling the word of truth, which certainly is the sense that we should get from that verse. That is the sense. Now, if we want to be able to understand God's Word accurately, and if we want to be able to 
properly, effectively apply it to our lives to help us in our spiritual walk, we're going to have to read it. We're going to have to, in some way, put ourselves to the task of learning what it says so that we can properly apply it to our lives. We need to diligently study it, but also, Gary, place ourselves in the audience where the Word of God is being taught. Yes. Because in that same book, the book of Timothy, in chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need to ensure that we are, what we are being taught is the Word of God, Gary. The Word of God, not just a lot of neat-sounding stories or feel-good philosophizing. We really need to learn God's Word. We need to put ourselves diligently to that task. Appreciate that, Dwayne. And we'll stop here and come back and continue with this study next time. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402 498 8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD, also for free, and again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more, though, than just listen to this program, and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship, and study, and grow spiritually with us in person, at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible, followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible and may God guide you and bless you as you study his word.